in content to people following wellness influences. Wow, so amplifying but, it. But yeah, and, and, and then once they started following anti-vaxxers, it was giving them QAnon and anti-Semitism. Mm. And if they were following Semites, it was giving them anti-vaccine and anti-COVID disinformation. We are dealing with platforms that have shown through not just their failure to act when we hand them information, but when we study the weeds of their algorithms, what we discovered was we can see that they understand that they profit from conspiracism, misinformation, and lies that lead to people potentially dying. And really, this is a root and branch thing we're going to need. We're going to need lots and lots of voices standing up. And thank you so much for having me here today to have the chance to add my voice to this debate, because we're going to need lots of us standing up for common sense, for science, and for the, the solutions that can help us protect our society. This vaccine is a great scientific achievement, akin to the moon landing, something that I will never see in my life again, possibly. I want to thank you so much, Imran, for joining us today. Where can people get a hold of the report that we've been discussing? You pop along to our website, counterhate.com, or go to our Twitter, at CTVHate. You'll be able to see more. We'll post a link directly to those as well. Thank you so much, and good luck. My pleasure. My guest has been Imran Ahmed, CEO of the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which released the report called The Disinformation Dozen in partnership with the Anti-Vax Watch. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupatsonali.com, where you can sign up for our daily newsletter. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Rising Up with Sonali is hosted, written, and executive produced by Sonali Kolhatkar. This is KBOO Portland. Did you miss the Life During Wartime Marathon? Shame. No problemo! You can go to kboo.fm slash lbwmarathon to listen to the archived show. You can also snag a limited edition Life During Wartime t-shirt before March 31st and contribute to our benefit marathon by texting LDW to 44321. Again! You can catch the Life Through Wartime Marathon and snag a limited edition t-shirt at kboo.fm slash ldwmarathon. This is From the Vault, the Pacifica Radio Archive's original weekly series that showcases some of the amazing recordings in our 55,000 program collection going back to 1949. I'm your host, Mark Torres. On February 14, 2018, one of the deadliest school shootings in the United States history took place at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Since then, high school students have led the national conversation on gun control that has resonated to every corner of this country. The history of high school student activism here in America can be traced to a high school of mostly Mexican-American students from five high schools in East Los Angeles who walked out of high school beginning March 1, 1968 until academic and administrative demands were met. The 1968 East LA high school walkouts known as the East LA blowouts set the stage for policy change within the Los Angeles Unified School District and helped grow the Chicano social identity and political movements. In this program, we present Pacifica's March 13, 1968 interview with then UCLA student Juan Gomez, who was one of the advisors to the high school students. We will also present a reading of the list of demands interspersed throughout the interview. Also included in this program are comments and sounds from the California State Los Angeles University 50th Anniversary Commemoration event held March 2nd, 2018. We begin with our 1968 interview with UCLA student Juan Gomez, interviewed by Pacifica Station KPFK host Sally Alexander. The topic is the grievances of the Mexican-American students, including racial discrimination and lack of comparable resources to schools in wealthier areas of the Los Angeles Unified School District. This interview is from March 13, 1968. This is Sally Alexander for KPFK Radio. Last week, thousands of East Los Angeles Mexican-American high school students walked out of their classrooms protesting crowded 
classrooms and educational deficiencies. With me to talk about the protest is Juan Gomez. Juan, will you tell me what your relationship is to this whole movement? I am chairman of the committee for the UCLA chapter of UMAS, United Mexican American Students, that is concerned with the student strikeout and that is handling part of the, the coordination and, and, and supporting functions for the walkout at East Los Angeles. Before we get into that, let's find out more about you, Juan. Uh, you're a student at UCLA. What are you studying? I'm a uh, graduate in history, specializing in Latin America. And uh, how long have you lived in Los Angeles? Close to 26 and a half years, which is pretty close to my age. What school, high school did you go to? I attended Cantwell Memorial High School in Montebello, a parochial school. What uh, led you into your interest in this uh, particular movement? Well, for one, I'm very much concerned with the plight of the Mexican-American, particularly in East Los Angeles, and I very much believe that part of their current status in the society is due to the deficient educational system that thwarts so many of them. Uh, how is it that you are a, a college student and yet you are a graduate student and you are involved in high school demonstrations? UMAS, the United Mexican American students, were called in early to help support the student strike. In no way are we directing it. In no way are we influencing policy decisions the impetus, the major decisions, are decided by the central committee of the high school students themselves. We only act after they have, let out, have laid out the policy lines. Uh, when was UMA? Our, our function is strictly uh, a supporting one. When was uh, UMAS, uh, when was UMAS uh, formed? Uh, UMAS was formed in spring of last year. And it now comprises uh, chapters in nearly every college in Southern California, and it is spreading to Northern California. It has ties with uh, similar organizations throughout the Southwest. Do you have a membership uh, figure? How many members you have? It should be around 2,000 at, at present. So many chapters mm -hmm. are, are being admitted uh, on almost on a week-to-week -week basis that, uh, that is very hard to keep track of, of figures. But our last uh, full membership list for the state was around 2,000. Mm -hmm. uh, who called you in, and who was the individual that called your organization in to help? We were first broached on, on the subject by a number of high school students from Lincoln. And then was this... Uh, event last week, the walkout, was this planned uh, ahead of time? Yes, it, uh, it very definitely was. We had been discussing the, the grievances for, for some time. We had been drawing up uh, proposals. We had been gathering community support. We had been uh, designing literature. When you say community support, uh, what uh, groups in the community are supporting you? Well, uh, generally, uh, certain uh, of the uh, the chapters of MAPA. What is that? Uh, the Mexican American Political Association. Uh, some of the uh, the uh, Mexican American educational uh, organizations. Uh, we have had uh, so, uh, sympathetic support, uh, not active support, from a number of the the teacher organizations. Uh, yesterday on television, I noticed that uh, there was this Saul Castro was speaking from Garfield mm -hmm. High School. What is his relationship to this walkout of the students? Uh, Sal Castro is, uh, has always been uh, extremely concerned with uh, the educational deficiencies in the L.A. school system, and uh, he... Uh, he uh, has always been noted for his uh, his understanding and rapport with with high school students. 
and it's un very understandable that uh, that uh, he should come to the surface in, in an issue like this, given his uh, his understanding, his his friendship, his his very close relationship with so many students at Lincoln, and not only at Lincoln but throughout East Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the high schools involved in this uh, protest at this time? Lincoln, Roosevelt, Garfield, Belmont, Wilson, uh, and also there are some some uh, understanding with uh, the Jefferson High School dilemma. Are these all Los Angeles Board of Education high schools, or do they go into some other school districts? All in the L.A. school system. Okay. Uh, will you tell me what the issues involved are? I understand there was some material mm -hmm. distributed to the students uh, yesterday morning, uh, which uh, listed several of them. Uh, would you discuss those? Well, the preliminary proposals of the Educational Issues Committee fall into four categories, academic, administrative, facilities, student rights. The academic uh, proposal is, is concerned principally with the, the content of, of the curriculum, the, uh, the issue of uh, bicultural, bilingual education, the 1968 high schoolers' academic demands are read by Nancy Sanchez, singer, songwriter, and honor student at California State University, Los Angeles. Academic Demands Demand 1. No student or teacher will be reprimanded or suspended for participating in any efforts which are executed for the purpose of improving or furthering the educational quality in our schools. Demand 2. Bilingual bicultural education will be compulsory for Mexican-Americans in the Los Angeles City school system where there is a majority of Mexican-American students. This program will be open to all other students on a voluntary basis. A. In-service education programs will be instituted immediately for all staff in order to teach them the Spanish language and increase their understanding of the history traditions, and contributions of the Mexican culture. B. All administrators in the elementary and secondary schools in these areas will become proficient in the Spanish language. Participants are to be compensated during the training period at not less than $8.80 an hour and upon completion of the course will receive, in addition to their salary, not less than $100 a month. The monies for these programs will come from local funds, state funds, and matching federal funds. Demand 3. Administrators and teachers who show any form of prejudice toward Mexican or Mexican-American students, including failure to recognize, understand, and appreciate Mexican culture and heritage, will be removed from East Los Angeles schools. This will be decided by a Citizens Review Board selected by the Educational Issues Committee. Demand 4. Textbooks and curriculum will be developed to show Mexican and Mexican-American contributions to the U.S. society and to show the injustices that Mexicans have suffered as a culture of that society. Textbooks should concentrate on Mexican folklore rather than English folklore. Demand 5. All administrators where schools have majority of Mexican-American descent shall be of Mexican-American descent. If necessary, training programs should be instituted to provide a cadre of Mexican-American administrators. Demand 6. Every teacher's ratio of failure per student in his classroom shall be made available to community groups and students. Any teacher having a particularly high percentage of the total school dropouts in his class shall be rated by the Citizens Review Board composed of the Educational Issues Committee. The, uh, the administrative is principally concerned with the obtaining of uh, a larger number of Mexican-American teachers, programs for encouraging college uh, students to uh, teach in uh, East Los Angeles schools, naturally preferring a preference to those that are of Mexican-American descent, and also the question of administrators obtaining Mexican-American administrators at Mexican-American schools. At present, there are none. Uh, the facilities uh, fall into the category of uh, plant improvement, uh, cafeteria improvement, the question of uh, building inadequacy, uh, 
the uh, the student rights fall into uh, well normal things uh, such as right of, of petition, uh, right to present uh, alternatives to uh, to current rules on student behavior, uh, etc. Administrative demands: schools should have a manager to take care of paperwork and maintenance supervision. Administrators will direct the education standards of the school instead of being head janitors and office clerks as they are today. Schools should have a manager to take care of paperwork and maintenance supervision. Administrators will direct the education standards of the school instead of being head janitors and office clerks as they are today. Demand two. School facilities should be made available for community activities under the supervision of parents' council, not parent-teacher association. Recreation programs for children will be developed. Demand three. No teacher will be dismissed or transferred because of his political views or philosophical disagreements with administrators. Demand four. Community parents will be engaged as teachers' aides. Orientation similar to the in-service training will be provided, and they will be given status as semi-professionals, as in the new careers concept. Facilities demands. The industrial arts program must be revitalized. Students need proper training to use the machinery of modern-day industry. Up-to-date equipment and new operational techniques must replace the obsolescent machines and outmoded training methods currently being employed in this program. If this high standard cannot be met, the industrial arts program will be de-emphasized. Demand two: new high schools in the area must be immediately built. The new schools will be named by the community. At least two senior high schools and at least one junior high school must be built. Marengo Street School must be reactivated to reduce the student-teacher load at Murchison Street School. Demand three: library facilities will be expanded in all East Los Angeles high schools. At present, the libraries in these high schools do not meet the educational needs of the students. Sufficient library materials will be provided in Spanish. The 1968 high schoolers' academic demands are read by Nancy Sanchez, singer, songwriter, and honor student at California State University, Los Angeles. You are listening to Pacifica's 1968 interview with UCLA graduate student Juan Gomez, who was one of the support team to help the East LA high school students implement their walkout policy decisions. That set the stage for policy change within the Los Angeles Unified School District, and help grow the Chicano identity and political movements. This interview is from March thirteenth, nineteen sixty-eight. Well, let's go back then to the academic uh, part of your petition. Uh, when you say uh, bicultural uh, studies and language, do you mean that? That students uh, should be taught. You want the students to be taught uh, Spanish or Mexican, or do you mean that you want Mexican language used so the students will understand what the teacher is saying? No, we believe that that Spanish should be taught from the uh, elementary level on up through high school. And it should be available to all Mexican American students. This is concerned with uh, keeping the the school from being an alien institution, so that there is a carryover from the culture that is taught in the home, that is practiced in the home, into the school, so that uh, there is uh, no segregation, no clear-cut demarcation that works against the student's motivation. Uh, the language is. Spanish, but the cultural content is Mexican American Southwest. We are not so much concerned with Mexican history uh, per se, if, if that is a question. We are very much a part of this land. This land is ours. I think that we have a right to have our culture taught and practiced in this area of the Southwest. Are you affiliated with Reyes Terrino's group? Uh, no, I am not. All right. The uh, are there any other things on the academic level uh, that you wanted to discuss? 
Well, the question of <clears throat> of guidance programs that will be orient oriented to the Mexican American, uh, the question of <clears throat> reduced class sizes, the issue of a larger number of uh, counselors and more sympathetic counselors at high schools, mm. the revision of uh, of existing intelligence test and an achievement test, mm. for one. I see here your, um, you say, for instance, school janitorial services should be restricted to employees hired for that purpose by the school board. What really is this saying, that the students are being used in this? Exactly, and uh, we feel that, uh, that that has no place in the uh, L.A. school system. Uh, another point, the industrial arts program must be revitalized. Uh, students need proper training to use the machinery of modern-day industry. Do uh, all of the high schools have uh, a um, workshop? They all have workshops. They all have industrial arts programs. And as a matter of fact, uh, in most of these schools, these uh, the industrial art program is... Uh, is <laughs> perhaps almost the entire school curriculum, even though, no, not generally, that would be unfair to say, but uh, it is featured extensively. And most of it is, uh, is quaintly outmoded. Um, you could see that there is no, no interest really in preparing people for a occupation for gainful employment. It is a way of sort of keeping them uh, off the streets. It is a way of keeping them out of the other classes uh, so that they don't keep trouble at functions almost as a uh, reform school within the school. Certainly if they were interested in, in preparing them for a gainful occupation, they would bring in experts in, uh, in the new technological developments in each of these fields. They would uh, gear them to the new occupations that are being developed by, by technology such as IBM uh, and so forth. Oh. What uh, efforts were made prior to the uh, strike by the students to get the attention of the Board of Education to bring about these changes? Mr. Stengel yesterday, rather, Wednesday said that for 20 years now, he quoted the figure, 20 years. Well, Mr. Stengel is who? Is uh, one of the superintendents for the L.A. school system that the basic problems have been known. And the question would ask if they have been known, why hasn't the board done anything about them? The problems are known. Unfortunately, nothing, no pressure was ever brought to bear, apparently, sufficiently so that they would immediately begin to do something about these deficiencies. As early as two years ago, a group of students did draw up a list of similar proposals advocating the reform of the system, and they were brought to the attention of the school board and nothing came of them. A number of the Mexican-American educational groups have been demanding a uh, restructuring of the educational system as it affects the Mexican-American, as have a number of the federal agencies. To date that I know of, only very limited pilot programs have been carried on by the L.A. school system. Uh, what was the uh, first day of the, uh, that the children did leave their classrooms? And tell me what happened as far as their demonstration goes. On Wednesday, the students at Lincoln High School walked out. Marched. This is Wednesday, March 6th. Right. Mm -hmm. Marched out and walk to the office of the L.A. school board close to the school and presented a list of grievances to Mr. Stengel. And then uh, <coughs> what happened? Uh, he, was, uh, he was sympathetic but evasive. And unfortunately, he would not uh, agree in concrete form to specifics on any of the proposals. Juan, will you tell me what happened at uh, Roosevelt High School last week? Well, perhaps the, the event that has enjoyed notoriety is the one that took place around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 
where a number of students began congregating on the sidewalks peacefully. And during this time, uh, police squad cars, four to a car, began patrolling the, the area in, in excessive numbers. <clears throat> in fact, I think we counted about 16 to 18 at, uh, at one moment. Now, how many students uh, were there? Several, well, 200, I would say, at the most. I, uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not an experienced uh, crowd observer, so I, I wouldn't yeah. be able to, to count them. But I, I would say there were about 200. They, they lined two sides of uh, the street that uh, is in front of the school, so maybe about 200. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, the uh, police asked that the crowd be dispersed, and then within a short time, police uh, began breaking up forcibly the crowd, and a number of students were injured. Well, did the students uh, fight back at the police, or why were they injured? Uh, because the uh, police showed a marked lack of, of patience. They came in with uh, their usual attitudes, uh, batons in front, and uh, more interested in, in using the, the batons than in persuading the crowd to, to leave, certainly. Uh, mm -hmm. Were there any arrests made at that time? A number, I think, were, were picked up. I think two individuals were picked up, but as far as I know, they were not booked. One being Raul Ruiz, who was handled extremely roughly by the uh, policeman. He is a member of La Raza. Of La Garza? La Raza, a newspaper in East Los Angeles. I see. Uh, he's a reporter, you mean? He was a reporter, yes. Mm -hmm. the, why would he be demonstrating as a reporter? Well, he was not demonstrating. He was taking photographs. And uh, the police apparently objected to him. And before you knew it, there were four men surrounding him, forcing him into a car. Also, a number of girls. And this is what irritated the crowd. Uh, so much that the policemen <clears throat> were extremely rough in handling some of the young uh, girl students. And this is what irritated the, uh, the young men particularly. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, after Wednesday, then what was the, the plan as far as your organization goes to bring about the, these changes that you're asking the Board of Education? What was the next step to be taken? Well, on uh, on Thursday, there was to be a uh, a meeting with the uh, members of the board at 3 p.m. There was no walkout schedule except for for Garfield, where uh, it was decided by the students concerned that they would they would continue in uh, in the walkout uh, tactic, uh, but there were no walkouts at Roosevelt and none at Lincoln. And then Friday. And in Friday, <clears throat> provisions were made for a rally to be held at Hazard Park, which would be open to students from the three principal high schools concerned and where members of the board would be present to, to hear the, the grievances of the students. It was a very large rally. Uh, Thursday there was an appeal made to the Board of Education, was there not? This was set up on Wednesday afternoon at the behest of the student leaders from Lincoln High School addressing themselves to Mr. Stengel, and they were to have a meeting at 3 p.m. on Thursday. And did you attend that meeting? No, I did not. I it was not my concern to do so. Are there others in your group uh, that are helping the students here? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. I, uh, I'm chairman of a committee of... Uh, of about uh, 20 people from the UCLA chapter of UMAS, and uh, there is participation in an organized forum from Cal State UMAS. There is a committee that is concerned with this. Are you uh, planning any further demonstrations, or what is uh, scheduled as far as... I really can't answer any questions regarding plans because uh, I don't decide and none of the people that, uh, that I am associated with in amongst the college groups decide anything. This is carried on by the students themselves when they hold their, their meetings. And these meetings are attended by delegates from all the high schools, 
and they hash out the policy decisions and they plan what is to be done, usually from, from one day to the next. Uh, we only carry out any, any supporting functions that they ask us to do, and sometimes they don't ask us to, do, uh, to fulfill any role whatsoever, and we stay away. Uh, are you... Uh, this question of outside advocates is always in, in the background. Uh, I myself, as I, as I said earlier, to, to handle the, the question of outsider, have been a member of the community for as long as as, uh, as I've been uh, in the Los Angeles area, which is over 25 years, as I said. I have lived in the area. I participate in organizations that are concerned with the, the community. I have attended uh, schools in the area, and so have most of the college students that are now at uh, Cal State LA and at UCLA, East Los Angeles, uh, City College, Los Angeles City College, and so forth. Uh, to handle the question of agitator, I'm not a professional agitator. I'm, I'm a graduate student in history, and I'll soon be receiving my PhD, hopefully. Well, the uh, Chief Redden said the other day that uh, he believed that all of this was the work of outside agitators. Do you think he was referring he to another is group? acting on, on the basis of misinformation. Uh, perhaps he's not interested in the facts. Uh, he can get more more grist for his meal by uh, elaborating on exaggerations. Uh, I believe you did say that there was material being distributed which was not originated by these students or by your group. Uh, other people are coming into your movement now, and perhaps this is uh, what no, he's speaking no, of. No, no, no. A number of uh, student groups outside the community have asked to come in. These groups have have been concerned principally in the past with uh, the uh, war issue and so forth. And we have quite frankly, perhaps brutally, asked them to stay out. When I was referring to the literature, it was in, in regards to, to literature uh, opposing the student walkout and that is being distributed by anonymous groups to confuse the issue, to slander some of the participants, to discredit the movement. And this is being distributed in high schools, is being posted in bulletin boards, and it is apparently reaching the press also. You are listening to Pacifica's 1968 interview with UCLA graduate student Juan Gomez, who was one of the support team to help the East LA high school students implement their walkout policy decisions. If you would like to get a copy of this program, go to fromthevaultradio.org or call us in the archives at 1-800-735-0230. And now back to Pacifica's 1968 program with former UCLA graduate student Juan Gomez speaking about the 1968 East Los Angeles high school walkouts that set the stage for policy change within the Los Angeles Unified School District and help grow the Chicano identity and political movements. This interview is from March 13, 1968. Uh, one of the presidents of uh, one of the schools, Mario Paseo, was uh, speaking on television uh, yesterday. What uh, is he working with you? He said that he was in sympathy, but that he didn't uh, uh, no, approve is, of the methods. Not, he is not working with us. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of the student body presidents involved in the A good the many of, of the it? student leaders in uh, the walkouts have had experience in uh, student government. But in terms of, of student body offices, well, as far as I know, we have none. Uh, do you know about the uh, Board of Education meeting? Uh, there will be an, an appearance of the group at the board Monday. At yes, mm-hmm. And what is uh, going to take place at that time, or do you know who's going to make the presentation? Well, again, it'll be the uh, representatives of each of the high schools, and they will present their list of, of grievances, the general ones and then the particular ones for each of the specific high schools. Now, when you say representatives school. of the high schools, are these elected representatives? Are they representatives of the <laughs> educational issues group? Representative of the 
high school students actively protesting. Now, this is a natural leadership uh, in terms of, of elections and, and whatnot. They always act, you know, only after the, the issues have been thoroughly, thoroughly discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are people that have been selected by the students uh, just naturally. But in terms of, of formal offices, uh, elections and, and whatnot. Okay. Proceed now and tell what are the program. What is the program for the Board of Education presentation? Well, the students will will present first the general demands, and then they will present the particular demands, referring to the specific high schools. And then it'll be up to the board to uh, to decide how they will receive these. I think the the students will be interested not in hearing the the sympathetic attitudes of uh, the the board members, which I'm sure the the board members will make or will take a sympathetic attitude, but in hearing something specific. I don't think political promises, political IOUs are are valid any longer for the Mexican American students, and I think the uh, the students will, will uh, take care in, in demanding something specific. At least, naturally, you understand that uh, that buildings will not be able to be erected overnight. Major overhaulings of the, the curriculum cannot be done in a matter of weeks. But we can have target dates. We can have assurances in writing from the board that these things will be taken care of. I think if the board wants to demonstrate good faith, they can set up target dates for the major revisions, and they can immediately grant some of the uh, specifics being asked, which is thoroughly in their power. Certainly, for one thing, if they wanted to appoint Mexican-American administrators in one or all of the high schools affected in East Los Angeles, they could certainly do that. I noticed uh, Thursday uh, the... Uh, school board agreed to have a black administrator at one of the high schools. Are you working with the Negro uh, groups, too, in this? The question of coordination, uh, no. But we are naturally sympathetic, and we've been observing developments. Uh, Did they then demonstrate just uh, spontaneously uh, with the group of the Mexican-American or the Chicanos, as you call yourselves? How is it that they uh, became part of the demonstration and they presented their side of the issue to the board and they achieved a certain amount of success in their petitions? Well, in terms of, of planning, joint planning, there certainly was not. But I think, uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's a very good argument to substantiate uh, our grievances, the fact that these things are so general within the, the minority areas that you have it uh, going on in, in both uh, the black uh, community and in the brown community. Uh, this is not a question of planning. Mm-hmm. Conditions themselves spell out the reactions. And if this... These reactions happen to take a place at a similar time. This happens to be coincidence. I think it's an indictment about the deficiencies of the school system more than anything else, uh, rather than looking for a conspiracy. Juan, will you explain why uh, the Mexican-American or Spanish-American or Chicano movement uh, seems to be gathering a big head of steam. I know for years there have been various uh, attempts made to change things, and the Mexican-American population here in Los Angeles has really not mobilized themselves to bring about the changes they believe in. Why is it uh, happening now? Well, the community is, uh, is maturing, growing in sophistication, and certainly it's now become apparent to them that by that no one else is going to take care of their interest, that they can't depend wholly on the goodwill and sympathy of, say, politicians, <clears throat> Anglo organizations, and, and so forth, that if they want to do something, they're going to have to do it themselves, and that they have to busy themselves in acquiring power, community power, the power to influence the decisions that most closely affect their lives. Uh, 
Certainly, the movements of uh, Cesar Chavez have have generated steam outside of the immediate immediate issues uh, concern in uh, amongst the farm workers. It has shown that uh, if you organize, if you put forth your grievances well, that you will you will uh, have attention paid to you, and that some efforts will will be made to. Uh, redress the grievances. Also, the Reyes Tijerina movement has, uh, has helped a little. It isn't of major impact in, uh, in California, but it is um, one that teaches by example. Also, the developments of, in Texas, the acquisition of uh, congressional uh, representation in, in Texas, the uh, efforts to organize the farm workers, in Texas, the Mexican American Political Association is beca- is becoming stronger. That more people are are actively participating within its framework. The fact that you are beginning to get student groups developing in colleges throughout the the Southland area, and the enthusiasm and idealism of uh, of the students uh, is a is a new input. Into the into the phenomena, some of it, and is what gives it uh, its energy and uh, certainly its uh, its colorfulness. The uh, groups have started with the high schools in bringing about changes. Do you uh, foresee in the future that uh, there will be changes or efforts made to change the colleges or or the community? What's well, ahead? <clears throat> To, to talk on, on the question of, uh, of what is uh, being discussed in, in terms of the colleges and universities, one thing that's crucial is to enable more Mexican-Americans to attend colleges and universities, to make aware college administrators some of the problems of the Mexican-American students, to implement programs that uh, that will attract Mexican American students, that will uh, help them to to uh, overcome any uh, any difficulties that they might have in coming to colleges. Also, no attention is uh, is generally given in, in colleges to the culture of the Southwest, uh, to the sociology of the Mexican American community, in terms of uh, undergraduate courses, and certainly I, I think that some of the college groups would be interested in implementing this. The student uh, UMAS has, has certainly... Would you say again what UMAS means? United Mexican American Students. Right. It is the largest of the... Uh, it is the general college-based uh, group. There are Groups with different names, but they are all affiliated with uh, with UMAS. I am referring to to MASA, principally Mexican American Student Association. This is an affiliate of uh, of UMAS. The fact that they have different names does not uh, denote a say a different ideological orientation. Or uh, the word uh, Chicano has been used. Now, does this fall in the same framework? Uh, uh, as Pachuco did many years ago, or is this a word that you like applied to your group? And this is a, an in-group term, a self-denominating uh, term that that you we use to distinguish. We uh, don't. Uh, we are not Mexican, and we don't like to uh, to refer t- to ourselves as as Mexicans uh, uh, because this uh, this of course has a backlash on it. Uh, and Chicano is a term that over the years has uh, has been applied by members of the community to themselves. Uh, and it, it refers strictly to people of Mexican-Americans, of Mexican-American descent in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good name. Recently, the, uh, the college-based groups have protested actively against the student, uh, the potential or possible student fee increase that will affect universities and, and colleges. Coming from economically underprivileged sectors, they feel that they will be very ac- acutely affected by any change in the current financial uh, 
qualifications for, for continuance in college or for entrance into college. Uh, they feel that, uh, that it is a, a perhaps almost a hostile move on the part of, uh, of the people who make these decisions because it comes at a time when uh, the Mexican-American is beginning to partake of the educational opportunities. And that though there are many pros and many arguments pro and con, uh, depending on different logical uh, premises and, and whatnot, it functions against the people from the minorities, principally the, the black and the brown. And they have uh, protested against this extensively. All right. Uh, we've been talking to Juan Gomez, graduate student at the University of California at Los Angeles. He is a history, uh, will soon receive his doctorate in history, and he's been telling us about the problems in the Mexican-American or Chicano now to be known as community in Los Angeles with the high school students. Juan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, and it was a privilege to be here. Sally Alexander for KPFK Radio. You are listening to Pacifica's 1968 interview with UCLA graduate student Juan Gomez, who was one of the support team to help the East LA high school students implement their walkout policy decisions. Now we hear from sound from the March 2, 2018 event at the California State University, Los Angeles, commemorating the 50-year anniversary of the East L.A. Los Angeles High School walkouts. First, here is Robert Lopez, Executive Director of the Office of Communications and Public Affairs. Yeah, hi, I'm Robert Lopez. I'm the um, spokesperson for Cal State L.A., and we're here today to uh, commemorate the 50th anniversary of the East L.A. High School walkouts. This is part of a two-day conference that started yesterday, uh, featuring panels looking at the educational legacy of this historic event that really sort of changed uh, the Los Angeles Unified School District. As you know, thousands of students marched out of classes uh, from Eastside High Schools and several other high schools across the city to protest inequity, uh, prejudice in the Los Angeles Unified School District. And these actions uh, helped spark the uh, Chicano Civil Rights Movement here in Los Angeles and ultimately led to reforms uh, in the LAUSD. So this was a very seminal moment in uh, U.S. history and certainly Los Angeles history. And because of that, we are marking that with this two-day um, commemoration. We have a historical photo exhibit at our library by one of our um, alumni members, Raul Reese. He uh, shot many photographs for La Raza magazine, uh, Inside Eastside newspaper. That's a very wonderful exhibit with some very moving and powerful photographs. But today we're here to um, welcome approximately 1,000 Los Angeles Unified School District students who will be symbolically walking into campus from eight different high schools, including the five original high schools. They were part of the first wave of the walkouts. So it's a very important moment. We're going to have elected officials, the uh, president of the Los Angeles School Board, Monica Garcia, one of our Cal State LA graduates, Winnie Carrillo, who was just elected to the assembly, and Congresswoman Judy Chu, who represents this area that includes Cal State LA. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful event. There'll be uh, folklorico performances here in the Luckman. There'll be panels all day in which um, students will um, explore the educational legacy of the walkouts. And um, we just want students to know that Cal State LA uh, is welcoming. We want them. Uh, we want them to go on to higher education. We want them to graduate. And we want them to do great things, uh, you know, for our community and our state. That was Robert Lopez, Executive Director of the Office of Communications and Public Affairs. Next, we hear from Chuck Flores, a Cal State Los Angeles instructor and former LAUSD Los Angeles Unified School District board member and school principal. In 1968, uh, 50 years ago, I was a student at San Fernando uh, Junior High School. And for me, being as young as I was, I was pretty much involved in what was happening in the civil rights movement and these types of things. But uh, when that event took place, the uh, East LA blowouts, we heard of it in the Valley. Uh, there was a lot of participation on our part, but uh, it was uh, eventful nonetheless. Um, for me, it meant uh, focusing on my culture. Chicano, Chicano Studies uh, was uh, my major at Cal State Northridge. 
but it led to me being an educator. I've had uh, 30 years of an awesome career, and I'm currently uh, I've just been appointed or selected to be an assistant professor here at uh, Cal State LA. What are you teaching here? Um, educational administration. I'm working with future leaders, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, when you look at the demands that the high school students were making at the time, uh, some of them were uh, school administrators must be bilingual. Mm -hmm. School administrators, if they show any animosity towards Mexican-American students or the culture, they could be dismissed summarily by an independent board exactly. that, that yeah. was going to be assembled. These students were trying to make the school district aware of the discrimination that was going on in their high school. It was very innovative. It was very smart. You know, I'm very impressed with the demands. Uh, I was looking at those recently. In fact, I shared those demands with my students, my current students here at Cal State LA. We had a, our class session was focused on the walkouts, but I told them a lot of the demands that these students uh, had uh, were looking back 50 years ago. And we find ourselves in a place now with our current administration and things that are happening where we're almost like reliving those days again, where students have to have that voice. And it's uh, uh, that unfortunate incident in Florida, of course, uh, prompted a lot of um, activism on the part of students, so I, I would encourage that. But for me, being an administrator, I mean, you're looking at both sides of it. You have to look out for student safety, for example. But at the same time, uh, we have to value that voice that our students have. From March 2nd, 2018, from the campus of California State University, Los Angeles, we hear from Octavio Villal Pando, Cal State Los Angeles Vice Provost for Diversity and Engaged Learning. Muy buenos dias, raza. Y bienvenidos a su casa también, a todos. Yo soy Octavio Villalpando. I'm Octavio Villalpando, Vice Provost for Diversity and Engaged Learning. And I want to be the first of many people to welcome you to what I hope will be your future home, Cal State LA. So I'm happy to welcome you to the campus in what will be a very meaningful experience for all of you and for all of us. Yesterday, we held a day-long conference for our college students and for our professors and for some members of the community. We had about 500 people that came to speak with some of the original students who walked out of the legacy high schools. Um, they were fantastic. They were so excited about the energy. They were so excited about our future which is going to be led by you. And so we want to make sure that you get a good opportunity to learn how to make sure that that change continues and that we continue to open educational access for all of our communities around the state, not just here in, in, in LA. As we begin the program, let me first introduce to you the leader of our campus who has been committed to student success for many, many, many years. He's made tremendous change to our university as attested by the fact that we're welcoming our communities back to campus. Uh, he is a very well-respected leader academically around the country, and we're just very fortunate to have him as our president. Uh, please help me welcome Dr. William A. Covino, president of Cal State LA. We're here because 50 years ago, something extraordinary happened in Los Angeles. Uh, in March of 1968, thousands of teenagers across the East Side decided to take a stand against inequity and discrimination. The students who participated in the walkouts were just like you, young, intelligent, full of energy, full of potential, with great vision for the future. They, just, they didn't just walk out for themselves. They walked out for you. They walked out for your future so that you'd have better educational opportunities than they had at that time. They walked out so you could, as you have today, walk in to any college or university campus, prepared to learn, prepared to write your own futures, prepared to transform the future of the world. Today, you have that opportunity. You are the fulfillment of their hopes and dreams. And I spoke yesterday to many of the high school students who are now not high school students anymore from 1968 who are part of the walks out, walkouts. And they, uh, they were so excited and so moved by 
the way in which they changed the world for the better and changed the world for you. So we're commemorating that event today in gratitude to the students of 1968 and, uh, and in gratitude for their foresight and for their bravery. But of course, we're here too because of you. We're here to ask you to take a stand for higher education. We want you to decide that you will walk in to a college or a university in the coming years when you're graduated from high school. We're so grateful to have these strong supporters who are now champions in government here at Cal State LA to congratulate you and to look back on a history that has brought us to this point. So I am pleased to bring to you one of those great champions and one of the great friends of Cal State LA, Congresswoman Judy Chu. There she is, all right. Exactly 50 years ago today, tens of thousands of students at Lincoln, Wilson, Garfield, Roosevelt, and Belmont High Schools, yes. did something historic. Fed up with inequality, fed up with low expectations, they decided to take their future into their own hands. They walked out of school and they shook up Los Angeles. The conditions that led to their walkout were truly deplorable. Teachers dismissed their questions in class saying they didn't need to worry about an education since they'd likely end up pregnant or drop out anyway. Many were tracked into lower level courses because nobody expected them to go to college. And classrooms were packed with as many as 40 students. Some teachers equated not knowing English with not being intelligent. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Many of the students just needed more in-language classes and lessons and bilingual teachers who are qualified and able to teach the students in front of them. Conditions were so bad at Garfield that the dropout rate was 57%. But I don't believe that 57% of the students failed Garfield. I believe Garfield failed 50% of their students. Because the truth is, these students were intelligent and promising. They could see what was happening. They were able to see the new schools built elsewhere in Los Angeles with state-of-the-art facilities and beautiful landscaping. They knew they were getting less than they deserved. And so, led by Mexican-American students, they walked out, joined by black and Asian-American students as well. At the peak of the walkouts, 22,000 students were making their voices heard. Yes. And at the end of it all, they won important demands. Classes were smaller. Bilingual faculty were hired. The impact was immediate. At Garfield, the dropout rate dropped to 13% today. And just one year after the walkouts, a number of Mexican-American students enrolled at UCLA went from 100 to 1,900. And I saw it myself. You see, I taught for 13 years at East Los Angeles College, and I saw so many Latino and Latina students who were the first in their families to go to college and then on to a promising career. But today, we should not only see how far we've come, we should acknowledge how far we have to go. It was legendary Sal Castro, one of the teachers who helped to organize the walkouts who said it best. Before he passed away, he said, it's been a great ride, but the fight isn't over yet. What we learned from 1968 is that the voices of students are so powerful. Just a few days ago, I had the privilege to meet with students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, where a gunman took 17 lives on February 14th. These, these students, were so incredibly articulate, so passionate. 
they describe the terror of what they endured, but they also describe their determination to change policies in Congress and in the state legislature and with corporations that make money off the NRA. They told me they're making it their mission to mobilize their generation to end gun violence. And because of them, gun stores are already saying they won't sell assault weapons. And so many companies have severed their ties with the NRA. You have been listening to Pacifica's 1968 program that was recorded during the East Los Angeles High School walkouts to demand institutional changes in their school environment. We see how powerful our youth speaking up can be then, and we see how powerful they are today. A special thanks to California State University Los Angeles for providing us audio from their event. If you would like to get a copy of this program, go to fromthevaultradio.org or call us in the archives, 1-800-735-0230. The From the Vault theme music was written and performed by Nancy Sanchez and Gina Ricamier. My name is Mark Torres. Thank you for helping keep our history alive. Thank you for helping keep our history alive. has a number of special t-shirts we've created just for you during our month of special programming. Whether you are a metalhead, a punk rocker, a bluegrass fan, or a feminist, we have a t-shirt for you. Wear it proudly in support of KBOO Community.